0: Welcome to the Artless Bastard Podcast. Um, we are a small gallery located in beautiful downtown De Pere, Wisconsin, located on the west side of um, the river. And um, today I'm going to talk about pricing again. Yes, yes, yes. Dreaded pricing. We hate talking about it. It's a struggle and I feel like it just never really kind of goes away. You're always kind of questioning it, but um, we'll get to that in one second. And um, what I want to talk about though right now is we have a new call for art that is currently open and this is for our group exhibit that will be, uh, I believe it's a March show. And the current call is called In Black and White. So definitely leaves it um, open obviously to a lot of different things, which we like. We want to see your best black and white work, whether it's two-dimensional or three-dimensional and, um, you know, anything that's void of color, color definitely creates dimension. It draws the eye in, it can create a focal point, you know? So then when you remove the color, you're really left with, um, With just the artwork, just kind of that meat of it, right? I started out in black and white photography when I was studying fine arts um, at University of Wisconsin at Stout. Shout out to them and their amazing art department. And, you know, black and white film was amazing. And I just, I loved it. And I loved the different options and, you know, It's just, there's something just beautiful and timeless about it. So I'm really excited about that call for art. If you are interested and you want to learn more, please visit the website at artlessbastard.com. Always download that PDF, you guys. Um, It gives all the guidelines for the gallery. Every gallery is different um, with what they're looking for, for their submissions and their guidelines to submit. So be sure to head over there. And I think it's open for about a month now. Um, so, but again, all that information's online. Okay, let's get into it. Let's get into pricing. Uh, the first two podcasts I did were really geared towards how to price your work. I get a lot of people asking me, you know, artists um, who maybe it's their first time getting their work submitted to a gallery And they want suggestions on pricing and now I can head, you know, direct them to the podcast and that's a really good starting point. Um, you know, the first one on pricing to me is, is just core. It really talks about, you know, you gotta sit down, you gotta write down some notes, you've gotta figure out some numbers, you gotta figure out your cost, you know, of operating, you know, like how much are you spending on art supplies a month? Um, you know, how much time is it taking you to, you know, create a piece of work? And then, you know, like I just, um, I'm switching into encaustics here and I just um, spent probably an hour just prepping four small panels. Um, they're probably no larger than six by six and laying down some wax, you guys. And, you know, I mean, that's already an hour, if not a little bit more um, just laying down the foundation on there. So, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to make per hour? I think that's important too. It's like, and again, you can go back and revisit both of those, um, podcasts at your own time. And I always think they're good to review, um, you know, and go over those and just kind of revisit them maybe once or twice a year, especially now in like the dead of winter. I don't know about you guys, but in Wisconsin, it is freezing here. <laughs> it's in the negatives. And I just, you know, I don't know, I'm sure myself and others, we just, I just want to kind of hibernate, make a lot of art and come out, um, when the spring thaw starts to happen. Okay. So now my second podcast on pricing was, you know, that one was kind of a referral to the other things that I've read and research that I've done. And I, I kind of want to, I guess I want to revisit this because I don't agree now with some of the things that I did talk about in there where I, you know, believe I mentioned, you know, you, your pricing should be different depending on where your work is. I'm going to scratch that concept. Um, and this is kind of based off a book that I'm currently reading and we're not going to do that anymore. And, And here's why. So this, this podcast is really about keeping your pricing consistent. Okay. Keeping it consistent across the board. And this makes total sense to me. Uh, why, you know, why somebody else and why other advice out there is saying that, Hey, you know, if you're in a gallery, you know, your pricing should be, you know, more, or if you're, in a different area of the, you know, the United States, like let's sell, uh, let's say you get your work into a Chicago gallery versus, you know, um, our gallery in De Pere. you know, your pricing should be different. Da, 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 da. And, and, it, and at first it, that did make sense to me. Right. I was like, yeah, okay. Your market's different. Um, you know, you have different buyers in different areas. Um, but Again, we're going to scratch that whole concept right now, because after really kind of digging into this and researching a little bit more, I I think this is the right route to go. All right. So first things first, and this is really kind of, we're going to dig into like selling and all that kind of stuff. Do not overproduce. Okay. So this, again, all of these things that we're going to talk about real quick here, all come down to how you price your work. Now, if you're pumping out a ton of work and, you know, I'm not sure obviously where you're selling it, you should be selling it in as many different marketplaces that you can. For example, you should have somehow that people can reach you online, whether it's social media, Instagram is great for artists. um, And then if you want to connect them to a website or like I'm just using Instagram right now, um, with, you know, the fine art and caustics until I'm ready to move to a website or there's third party, um, options, you know, that I've seen that charge you, you know, X amount to, um, have them basically create your online shopping cart and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Some of them take a feed and do your research on that. We're not going to talk about that right now. And then, um, you know, there's art fairs, there's galleries. I mean, you should have your work spread out, right, in lots of different retail spaces, okay? So we've got online, um, you know, we have um, artists, pop-ups, art fairs, and then your gallery, okay? Okay. And the reason why is because all these are going to attract a different people and it's going to get you in front of different audiences and it's going to build your following, right? We want to build your following so you continue to have sales. So with that comes like if you're overproducing and you're constantly like, here's a new piece I just made today. It's for sale and you're posting it online. And then the next day, oh, here's another piece and here's another piece. You know what's going to happen is you're kind of flooding your own market, right? And your followers aren't going to be, um, you know, they aren't going to they aren't going to feel kind of um, the need to buy now, if that makes sense, okay? And the thing is, um, you know, you want people to have kind of a sense of urgency that like. Hey, I just created this one of a kind original piece of artwork. You know, it once it's gone, it's gone. That's that's the beauty of original artwork. And you know, with 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 going back to not overproducing with that, you need to understand that you know we're all experimenting, and we're all kind of you know hopefully going to your sketchbook and you're working on stuff before it kind of goes into you know a painting or. Um, you know, if it's ceramics or in my case, encaustics, you know, we're really playing around with that. Um, I think it's fine to show that. I think you should show your stages of growth and what you're going through, but that doesn't mean that it's a sellable piece of work, right? So, the kind of core takeaway from that is don't allow just anything to leave your studio, okay? So, you definitely have to narrow it down. Um, you know, and if you are confused or you feel like, oh, I don't like this piece or, you know, cause you know, we look at them, you know, constantly step back, maybe get some feedback, some from some family and friends, whether, you know, they feel like it's a completed piece or what their opinion is and then post it and share it. Okay. All right. So, and um you know just kind of reiterating on that, you know, the the bad part of making too much artwork and putting it out there is there's a lack of scarcity. You want that kind of like thrill of like, oh my god, you know, they've been working for like a month or 3 months or whatever your process is and now here's a collection that came out, right? You want your following to get excited. And you know, it's it's a sad fact, but that is what really drives sales in the art world, right? Is kind of that the lack, right? The scarcity of it. It, it makes people excited, um, you know, to want to buy it if if they feel some emotional attachment to it when they see it. And you know, it comes back to like it's hard. Like if it's hard to get a hold of, it becomes more valuable. You know, and that's the sad part of why, you know, artists typically become famous after they pass away or after death is because there's never going to be any more artwork created by them. Right. I mean, obviously, we can go back and talk about all the, you know, the amazing artists, you know, from Picasso to, um, you know, uh, Georgia O'Keeffe, you know, once they're gone, that's why you see this huge spike because now what is out there with their artwork, um, that's all there is, okay? So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. You need to think like that all the way through your career, okay? Um, you know, and then another way to look at it is let's say you release um, a new set of prints every month, Right. And of course, you've probably built some excitement around that and people get excited about it. But if you're doing it every month, um, they know that it's always going to be there. Does that make sense? Right? They know that like, oh, okay. They're like, well, you know, she just created, you know, a collection a month ago. I know that on the fifth of every month, she's going to launch a new one. So there's no sense of urgency to buy from that previous launch that you did, okay? Because again, you're almost flooding your own market. Um, if you're looking for content or you want content in between there, you know, remember people like to see you, they like to see, you know, the mess in your studio, they want to see that process that you go through. Show all of those um, before you launch or, you know, work in, pro- in progress, all that kind of stuff, okay? So, um, keep that in mind. Um, and with that, you know, just always remember to don't raise your pricing too quickly. And I can't remember if I've discussed this before or not, but you know, this is the same kind of with any creative profession. Okay. So this doesn't have to be just fine art. It's the same with like photography, um, you know, maybe graphic design, whatever you're doing in the design or arts. You know, if all of a sudden you see like an increase in sales, that is great, but you can't go from selling maybe a piece for $200 and then bump it up to 400 because what's going to happen is you're going to lose that following that was buying from you at that $200 mark, right? Because now they're like, "Mm, I can't afford it at 400 and why did they double their pricing? So you have to be really conscious of that as well, like where you start your pricing. Um, going back to episode one or the second episode about pricing, you've got to make sure you're at least covering your costs. I, I can't reiterate this enough. I used to teach this with my photography courses. You have to cover your costs first and foremost, and then we start making money right um, off of that. Okay. But I'm not going to dig into that now. Um, you know, it, it's an expensive hobby or, you know, if it's not a hobby for you and this is your profession, being an artist is expensive and your pricing should reflect that. I mean, the amount uh, you know, some brushes, right? I mean, I'm not a painter, but they're expensive. I mean, you could easily go get a brush for, you know, 30 to $50, um, if not more. And we all know you use more than one brush, right? So, you know, your work should reflect that your pricing should reflect that. Hey, yeah, being an artist is expensive. It's time consuming. Um, you know, my whole, my office, right where I'm doing this podcast, like the half of it is turned into um, a workspace and it's not big enough, but you know, I've got stuff spread out everywhere. And so you've got your, you know, the time that you're spending, you know, um, just creating, you have, your obviously expensive with all your art supplies. You have a space. Um, if you're renting a studio space, obviously that's a cost. I mean, you know, if you have a website, all of these things, you guys add up. Okay. Um, okay. So going back to like, what I was just talking about, not raising your prices too quickly. So let's say you do get a little taste of success and things are selling and, you know, you have that temptation to raise your prices. These are two kind of main reasons. And I just, again, want to go over these um, with you again, because they're important, you guys, um, not to raise your prices too quickly. One is you are going to alienate a portion of your current buyers and the people who are following you, right? And you definitely don't want to do that. I mean, there's going to be people who will, of course, stay with you um, throughout your career. I mean, how exciting is it to like buy from an artist before, you know, while they're emerging? And it's just that's an I think that's an exciting time to get work and collect work, um, you know, before I guess you could say they, you know, are selling work that is maybe, you know, four times what you bought it for. But you can't do that right away. Right. Okay, so one, do not alienate your current buyers and followers. Two, you never wanna raise your prices so high that you're gonna need to lower them to sell your work. Mm, Let that sink in for a minute. You do not want to raise your prices so high so quickly that you need to lower them and offer a sale in order to sell, okay? Um, I think that's an important one, you know, to think about and just let that marinate a little bit, you guys, um, you know, discounting something creates less value. It also maybe means that there's too many of it. You're trying to get rid of it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having maybe a sale here and there, but I would limit it to maybe like once a year. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, another thing where it's tempting to raise your prices is when you get accepted into a gallery, either you're represented by them, um, or, you know, your work gets into a gallery to be showcased in a group exhibit or even a solo show, whatever it is, um, don't raise your prices for that. So really what, what the goal of this talk is keep your pricing consistent across the board, okay? And again, I'm kind of xing out that third podcast where you know, I talked about you know, having it different in different locations and different marketplaces. I, I do think there's a little bit of, you know good advice from that, but this just it just really resonated with me when I was reading this. And, you know, here's, here's some of the reasons, right? Okay. So your pricing should be the same on your website, right? If they're buying work directly from you, it should be the same if it's, um, in, in a gallery, it should be the same if it's at an art fair, um, wherever it is, your pricing needs to be consistent across all platforms. And you're probably like, well, Alexis, Galleries take, you know, a percentage, and then I'm not making as much. Okay, I hear it all the time. I've actually had artists kind of like email me literally just to tell me um I'm not gonna submit because of the commission (laughs) rate. And I'm like, okay, well you didn't have to tell me that. You just just don't do it, right? And um, you know, again, this is probably a topic for a whole nother podcast. It's okay if you're not making as much if you're selling through a retail space, right? Because what a gallery does, it provides a brick and mortar space for you to have your work hung in a professional manner, okay? Not everybody can open up your studio, especially if you work in your home. You don't want people tromping through there. You may not have the space to hang your work and showcase it. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you don't want strangers, right, coming through your home, all that kind of stuff. And obviously, it's very expensive for you to have your own retail slash gallery workspace. And that's why galleries, um, you know, are important is because they're providing you with that platform, right? Um, so maybe you're taking um, less, right? of a commission if you're selling through a gallery, but you're again, reaching a totally different, um, platform of people and community. And these people then may start following you and if they buy work and now they're going to want to learn about you. And that's, you know, that's what you want. That's, and it's also really nice you guys to have somebody else talk up your work. Okay. There's, really nothing better than someone else um you know tooting your horn for you and and helping you know with that sale and that's also you know a big part of what a gallery does they also promote your work for you and they take off you know a, a lot of kind of weight off your shoulders with kind of promotion and all that good stuff so you can focus on making work so it's okay if maybe you're not making as much Right, you're still selling work, okay. Um, so let's see. Oh, and here's another reason. So, okay, this is also important because let's say a buyer purchases, like, you know, let's say I buy a piece of artwork from you directly. Like, I love going to art fairs because it's such a great way. You know, hopefully, they'll all be back this summer where you can walk around, you can see a lot of different artists. You know, obviously the artists are typically there, so you get to meet them, maybe learn about their personality. Sometimes people connect that way, and then that draws you to the art, whatever it is. So let's say I buy a $200, you know, painting from you at an art fair, and then, um, you know, I go into a local gallery, and I'm like, oh, there's so-and-so, you know, like, because I feel now that I'm, you know, I'm a follower of your work, and I go into a gallery where you have work hanging similar size, right? All that good stuff. And it's either priced a lot higher or it's discounted, right? People are going to question that. Like, okay, well, why is it cost 400 in the gallery and I got it for 200? Is mine not worth 400, right? So that will start running through their head. But then if you have the mentality of, oh, well, I'm only going to sell it for 100 in the gallery right? Because I feel like that's what I need to do to get it to sell. Well, then if I see that and I just bought it for 200, I'm going to question that as well. Like, well, how come I didn't get it for a hundred? So do you see how you're starting to create confusion then with your followers and your customer base? You do not want to do that. Okay. Um, But it's important that with your consistent pricing, you are still making a profit no matter where it is. So you have to go back and do your homework and you have to write down again, how much you're spending per month on materials, right? Supplies, marketing, um, you know, entering call for arts. Like what is your outgoing monthly for you just to make art? Okay you got to cover that first and foremost. Um, you know, and then you start figuring out what you want to make. What do you want to make per month? What do you want to make per year? Okay. So you kind of, you got to almost like work backward backwards. Um, and again, all that stuff, go back and revisit that first pricing podcast because, uh, I believe, you know, it's always, it's super, super helpful. Just to reiterate, you know, going back to how I taught my photography students, I mean, I just, you guys, I tried to just beat this into their head how, you know, you may, a lot of them, you know, they just want to work, right? You just want to get work and you just want to sell stuff. And so they totally underprice themselves. And then what happens is, they start to take off because they're so cheap, right? Because you're always going to have that clientele that just wants cheap stuff. And then the next thing you know, they're slammed. They're working so much that they can't keep up. And then when they go and crunch numbers, they realize they're not making any money, right? Because they didn't do that homework first to figure out how much they needed to make per shoot in order just to pay their basic bills um, and cover their operating costs. So and, and you guys, this relates to any kind of creative job um, that you're doing. You got to figure it out. I know it sucks. If you don't like doing it, have somebody help you that's good with numbers or that can help you make a spreadsheet. Um, I just got in some journals, um, kind of workbooks into the gallery gift shop um, that actually help with you getting organized. So if you're interested in those you can shoot me a message. I have, I think I only have two left of each and, um, I can ship those out or, um, you can come into the gallery and buy those directly, but there's a lot of resources out there for you that will help you get organized and stay organized. Um, and it's important, trust me, because I go both ways. I like to be organized and then I get kind of lax about it and I'm like, so just once you're ready to start putting your work out there, even if it has been out there, maybe it's time to revisit your pricing. Maybe you are too high. Maybe you're too low. Um, but again, it, it's individual to you. I think it's easy to get caught up and see what other people are doing, but One of the reasons I'd always tell my students to not do that is because you don't know what their cost is, right? You don't know what their cost of doing business or operating is. It's going to, everyone is different, right? Um, Some people have a studio space. Some people don't, you know, some people have a website and they're paying for that. Some don't. Some have somebody helping them with social media marketing. Others don't. You guys, it's so different. So, Your pricing has to be a reflection of you and your work and what you need to earn in order to make a living. And then the great part about it is you get to decide what kind of living you want to make based on those numbers. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up. So again, just to recap, keep it consistent across the board Um, you want to make sure that you're still, you know, making money if it's a 50, 50 commission, which a lot of galleries are, or even if it's a 30, 70 split, whatever the split is, you guys, you have to make sure that you're still bringing it in. You know, the great part, obviously, if someone does buy directly from you, you're making more. Yeah, of course. That's great. But now you also have to deal with shipping. So don't forget those costs, right? You have to deal with, um, packaging, um, you know, materials, all that kind of stuff. So just remember, keep it consistent across the board. We do not want to confuse your followers, your, um, people that are really excited about your artwork. They want to see you grow. And of course, over time you should be raising it, but the whole point is that it's just should be small increments, a little bit here, a little bit there. So people aren't shocked, right? If your work goes up $25, right, um, maybe within six months, that's not going to like make your current followers or collectors totally leave you, right? Versus if you bump it up like $200 to $300. So again, put it in perspective for you. Crunch those numbers, you guys. I know, I know. Get out a notepad. It's winter. It's cold. Um, you know, depending on where you live. And now is a really good time to dig into that and get ready, right? This is a time I think winter is a time to prep, right? It's time for you to be creating, to be making in order to get ready for spring and summer and fall, which is when people are out, they're they're, you know, they're traveling. Hopefully, you know, as things are starting to get back to normal here, they're going to art fairs. They're going to galleries. Um, this is what you're prepping for, okay? Is when it's time to sell. All right, you guys. If you have any questions or you have any tips, um, you can email the gallery at hello at Please follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram as well. You can find, um, events, upcoming events and all that good stuff as well. And call for arts on our website at artlessbastard.com, you know, and again, you guys just be kind to one another, support one another and to, uh, continue creating and making right. If your soul is called to do it, do it, make something today. All right, you guys be good humans. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.